This week's episode is the author's podcast about writing Christian fiction, and I interview Christian paranormal fantasy author J.L. Burroughs and talk to her about her author journey. And now it's time for the intro. Hello and welcome to the author's podcast about the podcast where we journey together into the wonderful world of writing. Each week, this podcast will talk about a particular writing-related subject and teach you how to turn your idea into a book and then get it published with all of the steps along the way. Hosted by author Brett Jackson, this is the author's podcast about... time for my writing life update. This week I launched the Little Free Library at my local community garden. It was gorgeous weather and coincided with an Easter egg hunt. After the children had filled their baskets with Easter eggs, I gathered them around a mysterious box covered with a fluffy blanket and a yellow ribbon. We did a countdown from 10, then the ribbon came off and I invited children to fill the little free library with lots of books that had been donated by some members of the gardening team. You can see photos of the event at facebook.com slash groups slash British books, and that's British with two T's. I left with a sense of happiness that children would be able to grab a free book whenever they wanted, and I also grabbed a book or two of my own. One of these books was Doctor Who, The Price of Paradise, which I've been reading alongside my copy of Through the Hazel Tree. In other news, my wife and I celebrated two years of British books together, and I raised a glass to many more years. We also put some knitted chicks on the wall outside our house for passers-by to take, with a small sign that wished them a happy Easter and some family members managed to drop by and join us for Easter celebrations as well. So, that's the end of my Writer's Life update this week. And now, on with this week's episode, the author's podcast about writing Christian fiction. This week's episode is the author's podcast about writing Christian fiction, with author J.L. Burroughs, and we take a look into her working week her latest books, and she hands out some great advice to new authors. This episode was recorded on Zoom, and you can see us face-to-face in the interview on the Authors Podcast About YouTube channel. Jennifer Lynn Burroughs is a Christian paranormal fantasy writer from Greater Greater Nashville, Tennessee, where she lives with her husband, two children, and cute little dogs named Jack and Lacey. She's known. Uh, she's best known for her Balance Keeper series, a set of Christian paranormal fantasy books, which she started writing through lockdown. During the daytime, she's a teacher educating children and filling their minds with, a manja, uh, with imagination and wonder. During the rest of her time, she's a wife and mother to two children, a writer, and she even mentors authors with services including author mentoring and marketing advice, manuscript critique, line editing, and much, much more. Having battled her own darkness, she wants to shine a light and spark hope, faith, and love with her books into a generation which she feels is often abandoned. I first chatted to Jennifer on Twitter in the Writing Squad group during lockdown in 2020. Back then, Jennifer was writing her first book of the Balance Keeper series, and since then, she's written several more. So let's welcome her to the show. Hi, Jennifer, and welcome to the author's podcast about. I'd like to kick this off by asking you to introduce yourself. So please tell us more about you and how you got into writing. Sure. 
Well, thank you for having me. I really am excited to be here with you and to share a little bit about what um, God has put in my life and on my heart. I have been a teacher for, let's see now, it's either 16 or 17. Once you get past 10, you stop counting and you just try to just keep on surviving, you know. Um, but I am a high school sophomore teacher. I teach the second year of high school. Um, Advanced Honors English too. I teach at the number one uh, high school in the state of Tennessee. It's the number seven school in the United States. Um, so it's a really wonderful job. I'm very blessed to have it. And I, am, I love my students so much. It's been an amazing experience. I also um, homeschool both my kids. Um, so I come home at the end of uh, teaching school and I spend a couple hours homeschooling my daughter and my son. My son is graduating this year. So I feel like I've taken one across the finish line, kept him alive, you know, did all that fun stuff. Um, and so he is graduating May 6th of this year. So May is a big month for me. Um, and I, you know, you mentioned a little bit about the darkness in my life. And I will tell you that a lot of that is referring to my husband's battle with brain cancer that he was diagnosed with. Um, well, it's a little over 10 years now. It's amazing how fast the years pass. Um, at the time, my daughter was three. She's now 13, going on 14 this June. She will be starting high school, which is just hard to believe. And thank goodness. I have my little Jack and Lacey who keep me feeling young because everybody else is making me feel a tad old. Yeah. Uh, old, is, old is just something that somebody invented just so that they could sell bus passes. I'm sure it was. Um, <laughs> um, Tell so, my bones that. Uh, <laughs> so, um, wow, all of those things. Um, how do you fit it all in? So uh, actually talk us through a week in the life of J.L. Burroughs, author, sure. teacher, Dog lover and mom. And don't forget hummingbirds. I'm I'm deeply passionate about hummingbirds and gardening. Wow. I know. I well, so um, my week starts with Sunday, where I go to church. I am not a morning person, so I don't go to the early service. A lot of people think, well, you must be, you know, like an early morning person. You get up super early and you start your day. No, no, no. Uh -uh. I sleep until nine on my days off. Sometimes ten. Um, I go to church to start my day. Sometimes I play disc golf on Sunday. Um, yesterday, for example, we went and did 18, I don't know what you call them. My husband's the one who does a disc golf. I just kind of walk the dogs while he does it. But anyways, um, I got home yesterday. I want to say at 3.30. I got 5,000 words in before it was time to spend time with the kids. Um, so that was about two or three hours. And then, um, so I probably worked two or three hours on Sunday and then uh, watching TV with the kids. And it's time to go to bed because in order to get up in time for school, you know, well, this week I'm on spring break, but a normal week, um, Mondays are totally, I don't write at all. Um, let's get the homeschooling going, make sure I check in with the kids, make sure my students are all doing what they're supposed to be doing. I'm available online if they, they email me and I can respond to them. Um, I go to school. I leave the house at around seven. I get up, I get up at 6.30, leave the house by seven. So I'll give you a little idea. I'm not a morning person. So I, I plan very strategically for that. Um, leave at seven, school takes from seven and I get home till four, right? And then at four, I immediately walk in and start homeschooling my daughter. We do about two hours of that where I'm helping her with algebra one um, because she's a year ahead in math and then also anything in English that she might need help with. Because those are the two more difficult subjects. Um, Mondays, I then relax because that's uh, my days off for writing are Monday and Friday. And then Tuesday through Thursday follow the same structure, but my kids both have karate and church. They go to on Wednesday night. And so I leave, I leave that time to write. And so I write from usually 5.30 to around 8.30. Um, and it's not dedicated writing time. It's also when I market. It's also when I um, network with other authors and I, and I help people that need help. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm always checking on those things on a Monday and a Friday. I don't just abandon ship, you know, but at the same point, yeah. I try to keep that time dedicated for some rest because otherwise you can burn out very easily. Absolutely. Um, and then Saturday is my big hitter. I come in uh, Saturday. I like to write a lot on Saturday. So that's kind of my big writing day. Wow. Packed week. Packed week. Uh, so yeah. When did you realize you first wanted to be a writer then? You know, it's funny that it... <laughs> that I never really put two and two together. I started writing when I was 10. I, I don't know if you can see on the shelf behind us. Well, it's behind my books, but there's a whole stack of journals. I've been writing since I was 10. I went wow. from writing prayer journals where I, I wrote my prayers to God to mm -hmm. writing um, poems, which then transformed into writing songs. And I wrote, I, I don't know if you see the guitar and the piano, um, but I also am a singer songwriter. 
And so I um, wrote all these songs, traveled, uh, went to different places to sing, actually spent quite a bit of time doing that in the Bahamas and going from location to location performing. That's what brought us to Nashville, Tennessee, which is quite funny because God brought us here for my husband and his illness to save his life. I thought he brought us here for me to become a singer songwriter, um, but it, that's not how it worked out. So at this point in my life, you know, I'm, I'm let's see, 20, 27 at this point, still didn't know I was going to be a writer, but I've been writing the whole time, you know? Um, and then I got this one, my first teaching job in Tennessee. Now I, I worked teaching outside of the country. I taught in, in the Bahamas for three years. I was a missionary there for seven three years full-time, four times, four years part-time through college. And that's where I met my husband. Well, when we came back here and I started teaching here, um, I worked at this school and I was like, man, people have to know what is going on in our schools. Like it was just, it was, I call it the, the title of the book, which won't be released until I retire from being an educator is called the diary of a mad middle school. So that was my first book or foray into to a book, you know, and I, at this point was really starting to take my writing more seriously. Um, and that's when God put it on my heart uh, to write my, my husband's uh, memoir, which is called Killing Cancer. It's not, neither of these have been released. You can't find and you say, I haven't published them yet. Um, I, I have yet to, I, I'm starting to feel strong enough to look back at the memoir and maybe edit and revise it. Um, I wrote it when, when my husband found out that he had a 2.9 centimeter tumor in his brain. Uh, he turned to me in the car and was like, you need to write a book about this. And this is right on the heels of Diary of a Mad Middle School. And I was like, oh, I think we might be busy fighting this cancer. And I mean, at the time, we only knew it was a tumor. We didn't know it was cancer at that time. We found that out after the brain surgery. But yeah, so I, at, the, at that point, you know, I'm going through life and I'm thinking, I'm just going to write these little stories of things that happened to me. I didn't really think of myself as an author still. And then one Christmas, God puts it on my heart to write fiction. And I'm like, hey, God, I don't write fake things. I'm, I'm a serious writer. I write memoirs. I, at that time, had written three um, years of curriculum uh, to help middle schoolers learn how to write. I was like, no, I, I'm a serious person. I'm a teacher. I have like this, you know, whatever image of myself in my head. Well, you know how God thinks about us and our plans and, and also about us saying no. Um, so I walked into school that next August. And the principal calls me into the office and I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't care how old you are. When you get called into the principal's office, it's not a good experience. It's scary. <laughs> <laughs> I walked in there and I was like, what do I do? It's like the first week of school. We don't even have students yet. Like I couldn't possibly have done something wrong already. Um, well, she wanted me to teach a creative writing course to sixth graders mm -hmm. without a curriculum. And I was like, touche, God. I see you. I hear you. Okay, we're just going to do this. And so I, I get the kids together and I say, hey, how do you guys feel about writing a book? And that was really the, the beginning of Hunted by Darkness. I wrote that in September. I wrote uh, Rulers of Darkness that December. And I wrote Illuminating the Darkness that like would have been probably March, starting around March to May got these horrible rough drafts down. They were just horrible, just horrible. And then I spent the next, you know, four years learning how to write a book, uh, really learning how serious a job it is to be a fiction writer, how much work you put into it, how much research goes into it, how to elevate myself to a level that would actually make me professional. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's how really my story began. And, and I'm just happier every day I write. I think that it's just God had said, hey, this is, this is what I designed you to do. And when I finally got on the same track as him, I was like, wow, like every part of me is happier when I write, it soothes me, it calms me. Oh, yeah, and definitely. Yeah, it's it's almost therapeutic to me. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a, it's like a release, isn't it? So um mm -hmm. you've got all these things, all these thoughts going around your head. And the uh, and the best way to uh, is to calm uh, to, to calm yourself is to um is to get them all out and, and then put them in mm -hmm. some sort of semblance of order. So uh, so we yeah. found out what inspired you to write fantasy. Um um, now, so far, you've got uh, four books out. Um, can you start with the uh, most recent one, uh, Illuminating the Darkness? Uh, tell us a bit about that. So, Illuminating the Darkness is the fourth one in the Balance Keeper series. It's the final book of the series, although I did leave room for expansion. Um, it is going to draw this, the main stories of those core characters. It started in book one, James, Caleb, Callie, and Evie. 
to a close. Um, and it's, again, I'm leaving it a little open, but there's going to be a nice, a couple of really nice things that we've waited a really, really long time for going through the journey, especially for the character James, who's gone through so much. You know, in, in book one, James is, James really makes some bad decisions. And we get to follow him through a very long, but also very um, important <clears throat> redemption arc where we see how grace can be applied to some of the really bad choices we make. I feel like a lot of times we do things that are bad and we think that we're unforgivable, even though we kind of like think in our heads, this can be forgiven. It, it really, there's a piece of us that just doesn't trust it. You know, there's a piece of us that says, hmm. And, and so we get to really see this play out kind of, you know, exploded and expanded because of course you can see demons, you can see angels, they're, they're having open spiritual warfare. Um, and so that's one of the caveats of the book that we get to actually see this element of the world that we don't, we don't see it's happening. It's in the Bible. It's true, but we don't really see it or experience it in the way that these characters get to experience it as if it's just right there and they can see it. And so, um, it's been a really, it's actually been the hardest book I've ever written. Um, at, well, rewritten because I wrote it in that March, but I didn't write like I wrote 50,000 words and, and abandoned ship and went back to the beginning at that point. And so I'm, I'm working on, you know, my little Titanic that's that was sinking at that time. And now I'm bringing it back to life. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's definitely been the hardest project. I think part of that's because I, I don't want to let go of my characters um, and move mm -hmm. on, although there's a part of me that desperately wants to move on. So, <laughs> but yeah, um, sure. yeah it's, Killing, killing off characters is not a good uh, it, it, it's it's not a good thing in every single book because if oh, if, every, yeah. if every book killed off characters um it would be it would just be so uh, so monotonous you, you you'd know what was going to be happening in the future so um well, so in, in your line of work um you must meet uh, must have met quite a few christian authors out there um, so what about new ones? Um, what, what advice would you give to new Christian authors um, and what perks uh, do you think they should avoid when naming their book? So a um, couple of things. One, plug in, find people, find a tribe. Don't try to do this alone. Um, listen to what people have to say, but also God always comes first and your art comes first, but still yeah. let people be a part of the journey. That's something that God's really been putting on my heart recently, um, bringing up, uh, there's a part in the scripture where Moses is trying to do it all. And the father-in-law goes, Hey, there's a ton of people here. Divide, divide the tasks out. You manage the big things, let them manage the other things. And it, it's funny because I was trying to go it alone because God had put these books on my heart. It's my responsibility and, you know, all these things. And, and I think that, that that's a, a misnomer. We don't, we are a, a part of a community. We are meant to be a part of a community. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times we try to go it alone and, and there's failure in that because we aren't meant to go it alone. So I think my biggest piece of advice is, really plug into the people around you. Yes, you will meet some that will not pour into you. Yes, there will be some that take and take and take. Um, but in the end, God is in control. And he is going to place people in your life that are going to feed you and that, they, that are going to inspire you and that are going to pour into your life. And maybe it looks like you pour into this person and then all of a sudden out of the woodwork, someone else comes in to bless you. It may not look <laughs> the way that you think it's going to look. Um, but I think that, you know, always being aware that we are um, community people and that we are all a part of the body of Christ and each one of us has a function is super important. I think um, when we look at uh, the perks of naming your books, um, that is such a challenge. And you, I think that even bigger than naming the book is deciding how you want to frame and advertise yourself. Are you going to be a Christian author that mm -hmm. is uh, clearly labeled because you know that's going to turn off some people from your work? Um, or are you going to not clearly label that and try to kind of be mainstream but clean? And, you know, the only thing I can say is that you have to listen to what God's calling you to do because both are important. Both have a place in the world. Both are in need for our children to have clean literature to, to read. Um, and I, I would be very careful when in your book that, that, or anything that you do with your book, that you study the market and you look at what's out there. Type in whatever name you think you're going to use and see what books populate um, Amazon and see what, what kind of sits next to your book when someone types it in. Um, 
And if, if that's where you feel like it's right, then that's what you go with, you know, but also get lots of feedback, lots and lots of feedback from the community. Uh, I'm still on the learning curve with that. I think, I think that's a part of like the forever learning curve. So I don't think there's like, I have arrived because everything's always changing and in marketing and you, you don't really get this whole, like, this is how it's done because things change. People use different apps, things go in style and out of style and you got to kind of stay fresh with that. All very, very good advice, especially the feedback and making uh, and 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 the cha um, choosing your name. I think uh, I've never actually never actually considered that before. Um, uh, checking my name against uh, who else has published um, books in the same sort of genre or or whatever, and 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 that's very very good advice. Um, Thank you. So. Um, you, you were talking earlier about uh, series, uh, the, the fact that you've got this series going on, and and some people sit there and they uh, they listen to what's going on, and they'll think, wow, it, it, you must have such a a huge head to work it, uh, to work out how to write just one book. You're uh, you're writing a, a series, so um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that uh, about that, and uh, and let us know what sort of programs you use for writing uh for your series bibles uh and uh, and other stuff like that so um i'm super low tech I'm, I'm a teacher at heart and so i get like a million of these a year <laughs> and so i do a lot of my like this is my active chart for my um illuminating the darkness where i'm like the um, orange is stuff i've already included in the book and then uh, just just um, for anyone on the uh, just for anyone listening um jennifer's actually holding up a big uh exercise book uh it's it's filled top to bottom with handwritten <laughs> blurb um and uh, and about half of it is highlighted in bright yellow so uh yeah carry on so I'm halfway through the book. That's what you know by the bright orange. Um, uh -huh. And so what, what I do is, uh, this is actually the Brandon Sanderson method. And he actually has on YouTube, he has totally free, a series of creative writing videos that you can read and watch. So this is one method I use. Um, on this page, I use a different method. And so I use multiple methods to kind of make sure that it's tight, um, that it's something that's moving forward, uh in it, it with a quick pace because pace is really important to what i write i mean warfare can get really like oh bomb bomb everything's going wrong everything's going wrong and then you lose people there you know it's not it's not carrying them through and so this is actually a, a conglomerate of methods now and and i've i'm recently so now we're gonna get into technology i've recently started working with my critique partner um using word and we have like um a series of like steps that we do to make sure that we've done the thinking that's necessary because what I find is if you haven't done so I originally I, I saw you were gonna talk a little bit about this in a, in a minute but I originally was the kind of person who just wrote straight out of my head world is on fire just go right and um yeah. that that dug, dug me into a couple of of uh problems and so that's where a lot of my research has been like I want to be able to write fast and in order to be able to write fast, I can't dig myself into problems. I want what, I'm, what I've got going to be enough of a plan for me to just start at the beginning because I, I dictate. So that's a big difference. That's what you said. Maybe you're thinking, well, how did she get 5,000 words in two hours? Like she must type, type like a fiend. And I do. I do type like a fiend. But I actually dictate. Um, I got 3,474 words in 20 minutes. Because... Wow. <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. because, because I dictate. So I use um, on my phone, I use an app called, um, well, most people would use the app immediately. I actually just do a simple free voice recorder on my phone and I record my voice. Then mm -hmm. I press play and I open up an app that's also totally free called Live Transcribe. Um, and so it then transcribes it into this app. So it's all written down. And then I copy and paste that into Google Docs, where then I clean it up. Um, but in the cleanup, I'm already on the revision stage. And for me, I find the blank page to be the most daunting. Like I just, it, I, it's intimidating. That, that's one problem. The second problem is um, when I see the words as a teacher, like I'm an English teacher, right? So I spend all of my time critiquing kids. And mm -hmm. so the second I see a problem, I want to fix the problem. And so I had to remove the visual element to really get into the creative mindset and not be constantly tripped up 
by what I was seeing and having to go back and fix. And then, then I'm like, wait, where was I going with that, that idea? Um, and as you can tell, I talk a little fast. <laughs> That's fine. No problems. This podcast is uh, intended for people who've never written a book before. Um, so for the uh, so for the listeners who may not know this, uh, there are generally considered to be two types of writers. Plotters will make a list and thoroughly outline their books before they start to write. Pantsers fly by the seat of their pants, which means they generally formulate their books in their heads and write them down with no discernible plot. They let the characters drive the plot as though they are writing the book. In the UK, we call pantsing discovery writing because pants here is not a word for trousers as it is in America, but instead is a term for underwear. With that in mind, are you a plotter or a <laughs> discovery writer? <laughs> oh, man. Um, so here I would say I'm a pantser that's reformed into a plantser, which, by the way, is the third type, which is a recovering pantser who's learning how to plot. Um, I read this book and this is, uh, you know, if 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 there's a, a person who wants to write a book um, for the first time and uh, the idea of plotting is just so daunting and exhausting and overwhelming. This is a great starting place. I actually um, refer students to this a lot. Of course, it has the um, correct type of pants on it, which now makes sense to me. So I was like, why does she have this kind of pants on her? Yeah. So <laughs> now I get it. Because I, I was always confused as to what was like, why does she not have cute little pictures of actual pants on her hover? Yeah. So, so anyway, that makes uh, for, for our listeners, uh, the name of the book is Take Off Your Pants. It's by Libby Hawker. And I've read this. It's an absolutely brilliant book. Um, and as you say, it's got pictures of all sorts of you. Do you call them briefs? Um, Brief? Well, we I call them panties and underwear, but um, oh, well, briefs is another way. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and it's uh, and it's <laughs> helping you to outline your books um, in the, yeah. Libby, uh, the Libby Hawker way. So, yeah, I feel like the Libby Hawker way um, and I have studied everything um, all the way up to the 22 stages by John Truby. Um, I've done story engineering by Larry Brooks. Um, what I like and why I, I recommend this to students is this is a very unintimidating way to start thinking about how you plot a book. It gets you faster, it, like instead of using all this academic dialogue to weigh you down and, and to hit it from every angle, it gives you a starting place to bounce from. Um, I don't recommend people use this only um, because it doesn't necessarily hit as, as deeply as you need to with character depth and character emotion, um, but it does give you an idea of how to quickly kind of pin down what a plot would look like and what kinds of things, like if you're sitting there going, oh, I know this, like for me, my books come to me in huge action scenes. So like beginnings are always very hard for me because you don't want to start in the big action scene. You want to start in the regular world where everybody's, and I'm like, I don't want to start there. That's not fun. I want, you know, dragons and demons and roaring fire. Oh my. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know. So it's it helped me get to the point where I was writing a beginning that was a true beginning, but still got me through, um, got me through uh, what it was that um, oh, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. What it was that uh, I was trying to get to, which is my favorite parts. My favorite parts are the battle scenes. I love writing a battle scene. Um, so, yeah, for for new authors, you know, there's a lot of people that are going to fight. I will tell you as a teacher that um, those people who consider themselves discovery writers are also plotters. They've just learned how to do it all up here, mm. right? Because um, you can't write a good book. It won't sell. That's the issue is like, okay, so if we just discovery write into the darkness, which I've heard a lot of people call it writing into the darkness, um, which I love. Don't get me wrong. I'm not criticizing it. But what I've learned is I, I can write into the darkness and go left where other people want me to go right. Um, and so I need to be aware of those things. And so it helps me kind of stay on track. But I actually do kind of like a, a hybrid where I have these this list of things that I make sure I'm going to do in that scene. But I don't necessarily detail out every single thing. So there's these five things that I'm going to do. I make sure I hit those five things. But everything else for me is discovery written, um, which is why dictation works for me. 
Fantastic. And uh, for anybody wondering about all these weird and wonderful terms we're coming out with, um, plotters and pantsers and plantsers, um, I'm going to be doing a podcast episode um, with author lingo uh, so that we can talk about things like that in the future. I'll also be doing a, um, um, a podcast episode um, with all these different books, including Libby Hawker's uh, Take Off Your Pants, um, uh, Saving the Cat and... Uh, um, the snowflake method and various other things uh, in a in a future episode too. So it's it's been a, a been a been a very big whirlwind for you, hasn't it? You've been so so busy um, writing and marketing and book fairs and so what's your what's been your favourite part of publishing so far? Um, I think my favourite part is kind of be odd to you. Um, it's how students come to me inspired. It's, it's the fact, like I had a student over Christmas write to me and say, you know, I'm, I can't tell you how much I appreciate um, how you validate the importance of fantasy and, and how, like, I love that. And I've always felt kind of like that wasn't as important as other books, but, but having you here and hearing you talk about what, what we can learn from that, it has been really valuable. And so it's really deepened my um, relationship with my students and, and helped me inspire younger generations of writers. I've actually, this last fall, um, I was able to take a group of uh, high school authors who want to become authors one day to a conference in Las Vegas um, called 20 Books to 50K, where we got to sit in with some pretty big names and, and they got to talk to them and ask their questions. And it was a really cool experience. And, you know, those things I wouldn't be able to do or even think to do if I was just an English teacher. Um, I think also to parents um, and other people, it, it's funny because the day after I published my book, I, people started treating me differently. They said like, wow, you did this thing. And I was like, dude, I'm the same person mm -hmm. I was yesterday. Um, so in my head, you know, coming up, like you say, wow, you write series. It's in my head as a series. Like my next series is nine books long. Like it's just in my head. They, they just download that way for me. Um, and I'm reading, actually right now, I'm reading Dean Koontz, which he writes, um, oh, such good books. He writes um, like, it's standalones, right? And I'm like, wow, that's kind of a neat idea. I've never thought about doing that. Like I just started whole hog. Like I'm gonna do a series and then I'm gonna do another series. And then like it never even occurred to me to write standalones. And so I've really enjoyed reading his books and, and kind of learning that. But the larger works are definitely where I'm, I'm that's my gift is, is much bigger, larger works. And I, I try to write short stories. I I am, I met, uh, Chris Roosh, I don't know if you know her, she's, she's been writing short stories, publishing them for 40 years. I mean, she's a pretty big, big deal in short story writing. And she's like, write a short story a week. And I'm like, every one of my short stories turns into a novel, which turns into a series. Ooh, so <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm working on it, but I, I haven't figured out how to do the short story yet. It still baffles me. You were talking about earlier about um, uh, everybody sitting there going, wow, you're an author and you've done this big thing. And I can remember the difference when I uh, when I first started. In fact, um, when I when I just jumped into the uh, writing squad group on Twitter, um, I, I was uh, I was telling everyone I'm a writer um, and they were like, oh, well, that's lovely. So what's your real job then? And that was really <laughs> disappointing. I was like, actually, this is what I want to do. Um, right. Then I became published um, and I thought, actually, I need to change, change the way I feel about myself. Um, yeah, so I yeah. started telling people I was a published author and that was it. It was like, wow, where do I get your books? And, and, and can you sign one for me? And would you do this? And would you do and I'm like, Wow. This, it, it's amazing just how much a change in one little word will make. So yeah, that's really, really. Scary. Well, and, and going back to the, the new authors that may be listening, um, I, I just started a new authors like in-person group here in Smyrna, Tennessee. And one of the first things we talked about is, is a, how our language, even we're always marketing ourselves. Every day you're marketing yourself to the people you come in contact with, how you frame things. Um, and so you, I, don't, I don't necessarily believe in this whole speak into being business, but at the same point, our words have power. Uh, they have power over us. And when we say when we say we're a writer, I, that can mean many, many things. Um, but I feel like you're, you're an author when you've written, when you've written a book. So whether it's published or not, you have authored a book. 
whether it's been successful or not, you've authored that. And so, you know, I challenge people to start putting on that mantle now and saying, this is, you know, it, you may not be where you want to be. I mean, I'm not where I want to be. I have a five-year goal plan and a 10-year goal plan. Um, but I am way further down the road than I was a year and a half ago. I published Hunted by Darkness in 2021. And this May, well, I will go from four books to seven books out. Absolutely. And 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 doing better than you were a year ago is what I was talking about in our uh, in the last episode when I was saying that actually the only person you should really compete against is old you. Um, don't don't everybody goes at their own speed. I know other authors who will sit there and write out. Um, uh, well, for example, Michael Anderley, every, uh, every month or so, I get a, me uh, a message from Amazon saying he's brought out another book. And I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm not, I, I've only done several thousand words. How's he writing it those, uh, this fast? Um, and that's important. You, you go at your own speed because you you risk uh, approaching burnout if you try and compete with other people. So just do what you're comfortable with. And well, sure and especially with your life, you have a whole life. Like I have, I'm a teacher, I'm a homeschooling mom, I'm raising two kids. I yeah. want to go for walks. I have, I'm a human. Let's start there. I need to go for walks. I need to exercise. I need to take care of myself. Um, there's only so many hours in a day and all of those things matter. And not Absolutely. just becoming an author. Yeah. And, and career yeah. authors, career authors know that this is not a sprint. It's not something that's over and done with. This is something you've, uh, you've got to do uh, that, that not that you've got to do that you want to do. Um, because you uh, because there's so much passion so you make sure that you choose the right uh, choose the right chair to sit at you make sure you've got the uh, got your height of your screen at the right uh, angle so you're not breaking your neck while writing the next um, killer novel you make sure that um, you, you're not sat there mashing your fingers on a typewriter because if you carry on doing that you're not going to last more than a year let alone um, uh, 20 or 30 um, so yeah. Forget, forget all the previous advice. Buy an ergonomic keyboard right now. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> oh, you You'll thank me later. I promise. <laughs> uh, um... <laughs> That's right, because because I just did a po a, a podcast um, telling everyone how that works for how that works for me, and now you just <laughs> no, it's fine, <laughs> it's fine. Um, so um, and people always tell us that as readers, uh, as writers, we also need to be readers. Um, I personally think in the world of uh, lots of this, that, and the other coming towards us, like um, social media and. Uh, streaming services and things like that, um, uh, the, there's a lot of reading uh, being missed out. Um, so are, are you reading? And if so, what are you currently reading? Yeah, I am. I'm, uh, I, I am an avid reader. I probably read a book a week, if not a little bit more than that. Um, I love to read. And so I have a voracious appetite. And I, I like to find books that inspire me. Right now, I'm on like this big Dean Koontz bend. I just finished his book. Um, I want to say it was called Elsewhere, uh, which was it's a sci-fi novel about how we live in we live in this universe this, but there's parallel universes with like there's like in every universe there's a me living right now making the decisions maybe a little bit differently and there's a you and it was just fascinating I, and I love his mind he has just this amazing mind for all of these very unique ideas and what's really fun is I read them with my mom and so mm. we get to talk about them and so like I drive home from school and I that was that's my time to talk to my mom and so I call her as I'm driving home from school and we get to talk about um the book we're reading which the last book she got through it way faster than I did because I was on burnout because it was spring break like I was trying to get to the end of school so I could have spring break and get some rest I was really tired um and I also had like a huge word goal, like for my editor, I had to have 40,000 words out to the editor by Tuesday night of that week. So I was just, I was tapped out completely. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, it, Dean Koontz is amazing. I, I definitely, I read a novel all the time right now. Usually I read a lot of um, indie novels from friends to support yeah. them and to, to, because I'm an indie author. And so I want to support the authors around me, but every once in a while, 
and my mom mentioned somebody and and so she said have you read this guy and I was like oh here we go mom here we go and I don't know it's great I love it I'm just he it, I don't I, I can't tell if he's still living he's been writing forever like my whole entire life he's been writing he's 77 years old um, and I swear he's still putting books out. It's I, the mo most you want to talk about Michael Enderley. This guy actually puts out a, not every month, but he puts out quite a few books too for a traditionally published author. And I, I was really surprised to see that. Um, so I really, and I'm also reading like right now, I'm reading uh, Orson Scott Card's, um, can you see that? How to Write Science Fiction and Fantasy um, by Orson Scott Card. It's the Writer's Digest genre writing series. Um, oh, it's an I've old got to book. get a copy of that. Yeah, it's a, it's a really old book. Um, I found it. We have this really great store called McKay's here. Mm -hmm. It's uh, like a used bookstore where you can go and get like secondhand books. And I found it. I swear it was for like 99 cents. And it's been an excellent read, uh, especially since he was kind of a part of the dawning of science fiction before, like before it was really a thing. He was a part of that part mm -hmm. of so, the so timeline. What's the title again? How to write science fiction and fantasy. Brilliant. Yes, definitely yeah. need to uh, to get a copy of that. Fantastic. Now I want I want to clarify something. I do agree with you that the screen height matters. As a matter of fact, I have one of those desks where you can actually um, stand it up and and put mm. it down. I was talking about my earlier advice about what to do about things. I was like the ergonomic because because your wrists hurt so fast. Yeah. Oh like, yeah, I was definitely. Amazed. Yeah. I mean, it's amazed at that. And I, you're right about the chair. I actually have two different chairs now. I have one where I can sit on my knees and one where I can sit on my bottom. At my desk, I can be standing or I can be sitting. Um, so I agree with you on that. I, I just want I, to I, I absolutely love those chairs. I, I always wanted one. Um, this is the one that um, keeps your back straight, yes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I should use it more often, actually. But <laughs> lately, really. I've been doing a lot of standing because I hurt. I hurt my back just walking. I, I'm an yeah. author, not an athlete. Let me tell no, you. No, no, no. <laughs> so, um, hmm. I, I, I need to have a look at Dean Koontz. Um, I, uh, I, I. One of the things I've learned, um, as an indie author, is that you find that you learn so much more. Uh, as well as reading indie authors, other uh, other indie authors' works. Um, mm -hmm. If uh, if I'm reading professional, so-called professional authors, because we're all professionals, we're uh, we're mm -hmm. uh, we're all doing it. Some are just more professional than others. Um, uh, I I tend to learn a lot more about how uh, story structure works, um, not just through uh, through books like. Uh, Libby Hawkers take your pants off, but through uh, actually reading uh, reading stuff that other authors have uh, traditionally published. Um, in fact, the other day um, I ended up uh, I, I was absolutely um, blown away when I uh, when I, when I was uh, in an audience with um, Margaret Atwood. Um, and Which is fantastic. so crazy because I teach her poetry. <laughs> it's brilliant. I absolutely loved it. Um, and uh, and the first half an hour was uh, was uh, well, the first hour was um, an interview with her talking uh, talking about her books, which is partly where I got some of the questions from for this interview. Uh, and oh, then wow. there was a QR code afterwards um, uh, to uh, to be able to uh, zap your camera and a chance to be able to ask her questions. Um, and, and that was incredible. So so you're actually being asked some questions that the interviewer was asking Margaret Atwood the other day when I was uh, when I was there. So um, I love it. one of those is our next question is, um, can you tell us about what you are working on right now? So Illuminating the Darkness is my current project. Um, I am. So the whole book is written. This is how I do things. I put like a whole like I just kind of like bleh, get the story out. And then I set, step back for a period of time. So this one, I haven't touched it in four years. I actually opened the document and was like, wow, I wrote this in 2019. This is the last time I opened this document. Um, and I've learned a lot since 2019. And so it's been a little cringy to go back and visit my old self and be like, wow, I mean, it's nice because you know you've grown you, when you can look at your old work and like be absolutely certain that that is, that is not what you do now. Um, there were also moments of it when I was working on it that I was like, well, I wasn't, I, you know, these kernels of good ideas, they're, they're there. I mean, it was, it was kind of validating in a way too. And so I'm currently 
in the depth of revision. I just got that editor feedback uh, back. I have not read it yet because um, nothing slows me down faster than finding out what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> so I, I'll look at that after I finish the revi revised draft. So I'm in the first full revision of it. I usually do a full rough draft and then I do a full revision that goes to the editor and then I do another full revision that goes to the editor again one more full edit revision this is the smaller one where it's like commas and stuff and that's it so it's three maybe four depending on the the state of the manuscript this is going to be a big one I'm wrapping up two major like two major storylines because um in book three we introduced Rhea as a new character she's a sweet girl a lover to pieces um she is really angry though she's come away from a, a really traumatic situation she's really angry with guys um because of the traumatic situation and her love interest is desperately wanting to pursue her and and she's throwing up all the stop signs and he's just doesn't care. He just loves her. And so it's it's a beautiful little romance of, of, of someone who's not quite ready and someone who is like, you know, it's okay. We're going to heal together. We're going to take time to heal together. And then the other one, which is Caleb and Evie, their romance started in book one and it's traveled all the way through. And we're going to get to see some nice resolution to that in this fourth oh, book. You did that a lot so of well. I absolutely loved those two. Um, their, 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 their love is just... Wow, it's out of this world. It's fantastic. You know, I had I had an editor write me and say, you know, I'm really glad that Evie doesn't pick the bad boy. And um, that was intentional. You know, I, when I started writing this book, one of the things that I, I wanted was I wanted to hand, be able to say this. Here's a book you can read and say it to like a 13 or 14 year old girl and not feel like I'm, I'm supporting something that that will be detrimental to her, you know? And, and when, when it comes down to it, the, the the reality is that the, the geeks and the nerds, they're, they're the ones who rule the world. <laughs> they are. And so yeah. you really want, I, I want to change that mindset uh, for my daughter. And I know I can only do it one book at a time. And, and I she currently will not read any of my books. Mm -hmm. um, hoping one day that'll change. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, she decided she's, as soon as I decided I was a fantasy sci-fi kind of writer, she decided she was a murder mystery kind of girl. Oh, nice. Oh, I mean, nice. if that's the level of defiance I'm going to deal with, I'm okay. <laughs> She's reading. That's the point. So that's, that's the best bit. So that's good. <laughs> um, wow. Um, we've got a couple more questions. Um, so um, we'll just... Uh, um, oh, yeah. Oh, so what's the strangest question you've ever been asked as a writer? Hmm. You know, I, you had sent me these earlier and, I, and I've seen that one. And honestly, I, I can't come up with anything. Most of the questions that I get asked are pretty much the same. And it's, you know, how did you do this? You know, where do you get your ideas from? Um, so I don't really have an answer for that one. And, and I thought about it, but I just don't at this point. I will let you know, though, if I ever come up with one. Oh, I, I that think, would be great. Yeah. yeah, like I don't I don't have one. Yeah, when, you, when you get one? a strange question, let us know. Well, I'll, I'll invite you back on the show because I'd love to find out. So, and, okay. um, and we'll finish this week's episode with one final question. Um, so how can our listeners find out more about you? So I am all over the place. I'm like a, a little ghost haunting all the places. So I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm, I'm mostly on Instagram and Facebook. That's where most of my audience is. And guys, it, for you new authors out there, or your, your people who are considering writing books, you need to know where your audience is. Um, and you need to, you, what, can, I, can I just plug this idea out there for them as well? Um, so many people separate writing a book from marketing a book and, and they, they kind of break the two completely apart. Um, and I, I want to just advocate for putting those two pieces together and keeping them together. So you really need to, to be thinking about both and working towards both and learning both uh, at the same time so that when you do launch your book, you're not launching it off a cliff, mm. which is what happens when you don't, don't know anything about marketing or working with others and, and networking and building a platform. Um, 
which, you know, I, I'm very grateful that I, I started by publishing my book and, and really got into the marketing side of things. You can find um, me mostly on Instagram and Facebook. I run a couple of groups. Uh, my favorite group is mine, of course. Uh, so you can go to facebook.com slash Jennifer Lynn Burroughs. Um, it's the only place you'll see my full name used because they wouldn't let me do JL Burroughs. I, I can't remember why, but it wouldn't, they wouldn't let me. On Twitter and Instagram, I'm JL Burroughs. Um, and my website is jlburroughs.com where you'll get to see full cover, beautiful images of my books. And I love my, uh, my cover designer, uh, new authors out there. Cover designers are your lifeblood because they're the first thing that readers see. They're so important. So um, make sure you do a little research and find out who's out there and who can help you with your book. So yeah, and then of course, Amazon is where you can find my books. I, I actually have quite a few people buying books in the UK. Fantastic. Well, yeah, that's, that's amazing. And uh, thank you very much for letting us uh, know a bit more about you. Um, that's the end of our uh, interview for today. I want to say a special thank you to you for coming on the show. And, um, and, and thank you so much. You've, you've been wonderful. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I want to take this opportunity to say a massive thank you to the guest this week. If you know any authors, or if you're an author and you fancy being on the show, please get in touch. Drop me an email at brettjackson at britishbooks.com, and that's Brett with two T's. Let me know what sort of thing you're interested in, and we'll go from there. If you love this show and want to become an official fan, you can for just £3 a month. By signing up, you get a shout-out on the show, access to the private community on Patreon, and that great feeling of happiness, knowing that you're helping to support an independent author. Simply pop over to www.patreon.com slash theauthorspodcastabout and show your support today. Next week's episode will be The Authors Podcast About Creating Characters. And I'll talk you through how to create believable characters from scratch. That's all for this week. If you've enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to click that subscribe button now. Also, if you know someone who would benefit from this podcast, don't forget to share the word. And I will see you next week for some more authors podcast about. Goodbye for now. Mm -hmm.